there is nothing wrong with your internet, do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. I am Sean Fangirl S. Today we are talking zombie movies and I have some very special guests today. I have from the East Coast, Dave the Clone. Hey, hey, hey. And from the West Coast, I have a very special guest who is part of our Comic-Con crew, Andy. How's it going, Sean and Dave? Uh, glad to be here. I am so glad you guys got to join me. And it was it was fun going East and West Coast. Seriously, I'm like, okay, time zones. I was about to say, I didn't realize we were spanning literally the entire country we in are. one recording. And <laughs> Nicely a, done, Sean. And a whole lot of um, different weather, I'm sure from east to west coast today yeah we're actually uh it's uh raining on and off today but uh we're in the 60s and it's blue sky right now but yeah we've had some uh rain the past couple days well that's good you guys needed it out there that is true we had 60s yesterday and 40s today and raining (laughs) we had uh 50s yesterday and it's like i think 68 right now outside oh i'm sorry 63 according to my phone and uh but last night pretty cool if anybody was in the uh, New York, New Jersey uh, metropolitan areas. There was a fog that was literally, there was no ceiling. It was just like the clouds came to the ground. And it was like if you didn't get to where you were going by, say, around 10 p.m. our time, you were driving through some pea soup, man. And it was it was kind of creepy, actually. Oh, and that's perfect for the zombie talk today. <laughs> I was expecting zombies to just jump out of the side of the road. That's actually kind of cool when that happens. I've, I've driven through, I'm like, this would be a perfect zombie movie setting when the fog comes rolling off the lake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so, very similar to the mist. Yes. Something in the mist! <laughs> well, there's a good tie-in right There's a good tie-in right there. Frank Darabont, uh, you know, he was the director of The Mist, and he was actually one of the executive, uh, one of the creators for The Walking Dead. So we have a little tie-in right there, auto, right away. Yeah, it's gonna happen. That's what happens <laughs> on these here podcast things. Um, yeah, I love, it. I, I love that he still has to get that developed by credit because it's, it's like almost like with Lost, you know, like the, uh, the guys who brought the show to life were like no longer with the show not too long after they started. And it must be a little, you know, small victory every time they see that on the screen, created by or developed by. It's like, yeah, I was there. <laughs> it was my idea. I wish I was part of one of those. <laughs> that would be so nice to be like, oh, yeah, my idea. That's that's what you guys are watching every week. Still re- residual paycheck coming in, too, probably. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that makes it even better. So, like, I'm not working there, but I'm still getting paid. Yep. <laughs> okay, so this actually, I had reached out to my Comic-Con crew. <laughs> the materialism zombie podcast. <laughs> I reached out to my crew, my Comic-Con crew, and I'm like, what do we want to talk about? What would be a good podcast? And Andy is the one who came up with this, which is funny because my husband and I have talked about this kind of in, like, crazy lengths, watching Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, 
And so, Andy, you posed the question, what makes a true zombie? That's so true. what's your um, idea with it? Well, um, you can go on forever on that. Uh, <laughs> I think what makes a true zombie film is, number one, uh, to me what separates it from, let's talk about Dawn of the Dead 1979, Dawn of the Dead 2004 remake, even 28 Days Later, I think, and even The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. I think the first thing you have to look at is how the zombie moves, how how it gets from point A to point B. And I, they, they can't run, and that's my biggest... As much as I loved uh, the Walking, the uh, Dawn of the Dead remake, and 20 Days Later, I don't think they're true zombie films. Uh, people are running at, you know, running back speeds there, where I think you need the slow amble and the sm- slow shuffle, like you got in the original Dawn of the Dead and the Walking Dead, because ultimately, what, what uh, I think the scariest part of those zombie films is the fact that they're, the zombies are relentless. Um, there's an unlimited quantity of them. And they never tire, and that's what gets you. Is they can move as slow as they want, but as long as they can, you know, you've got to stop and sleep or get some rest, uh, but they can keep going. And that's what I think makes a true zombie film right there is the is just the uh, relentlessness and the quantity of them. Nice, Dave. Yeah, I've got a lot to say about that actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the reasons I got invited onto this show is because I have a a theory about, um, you know, how that sort of is a reflection of how the trope of the zombie film, you know, evolved over time, especially when we're looking at um, what you consider. I mean, I think everybody, uh, when they enter this conversation, has to admit if they don't ultimately respect, they have to, you know, understand why people do respect that. You know, Romero pretty much created this genre. And so his, his you know, Dawn of the Dead film would definitely have to serve as sort of a... Um, baseline you know of the rule setting it's like the necronomicon of the series you know and uh and i do think there's something to be said about the idea that like a lot of the slasher films that followed the fact that you know run as fast as you can michael myers is going to walk and still catch up to you or uh jason will just pop out out of the shadows ahead of you somehow he got there we don't know how freddy is like chasing you in your dreams but zombies are shambling along and eventually you're going to turn a corner and there's going to be just too many of them and i think it was one of those tropes in pop culture that was just reflective of a concept like the unescapable eventual approach of death that no matter what you did no matter how far you ran no matter how hard you tried all of us are going to succumb to death at some point it and death is almost like this ever-present mob you know out there that's surrounding us and then i think you look at zombie movies that were made post 9-11 and I, I think that for me just because i was you know from the area that was uh the iconic area that was hit in 9-11 there was this sudden after the shock wore off idea that you know look how crazy life can get everything can change so quickly and all of a sudden the zombie movies the zombies were running a lot faster and it, it kind of i felt was maybe a reaction to the idea that death is probably going to sneak up on you a little bit quicker these days than it used to back when our parents used to watch these movies and back when these stories were first created and i so i always looked at it as a sort of natural progression of storytelling based on the artists being very present at a time that the world was changing and so the idea that something would just slowly catch up with you you know 
that morning, fucking two huge buildings that were there are no longer there. That was like, boom, instant, everything can change. So let's make all this death, you know, uh, analogy move quicker, too. And I know that's probably pretty deep and probably a lot deeper than any of us expected to go on the podcast. <laughs> but it is sort of, uh, I guess, my my immediate sort of uh, need to intellectualize to feel okay about it um, reaction to, to this sort of subject matter here. So sorry if that... Uh, Sorry if that put us in a weird place, guys. I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> no, that was actually, that's a good point. I mean, I, I, just a natural progression, just like with music with bands. I mean, the music changes from, you know, bands, music they put out, uh, what the song they would have put out 10 years ago versus now. Things do progress and they do have to grow. Same thing with the zombie films. I agree. Uh, I don't think The Walking Dead would work on the same level if it was done as like in a 28 Days Later theme. Oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, no. You're right. Absolutely not. And I, I and again, uh, as much as I loved 20 Days Later, that was the first film I remember uh, came out in, I believe, 2003. Uh, that was the first film where, I mean, zombies actually ran. But when you got down to it, is it well, they weren't really zombies. They were just infected. Yeah, know? that's the other just, thing. They were sick, really, versus yeah. being a, a dead person. I think there's a, a very present concept of religious implication in a lot of the early zombie and, like, the Dawn of the Dead films in particular, I think. And I think that's actually supported by a scene that was very highlighted in the 2004 remake, even though that had the faster-moving zombies. But there's that whole, um, you know, the preacher on TV who was actually the actor from the original Dawn of the Dead right. saying things like, you know, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. It kind of gave a very judgment day type feel you know like this is the wrath of god you're dealing with some shit now well i think that's come across in a lot of zombie films well keep in mind also the first dawn of the dead uh, sorry sean to interject oh, right. is it was it was more of a it was more of a, a talk on um uh consumerism you know it took place in a mall here are these people that had everything at their fingertips and they're just grabbing everything they could and it was more of a it was more of a uh of a play on you know how america is just getting into consumerism and how they wanted everything and the original dawn of the dead was more about race race relations and how you know people were different and how you know the, the one star gets to the very end he still ends up dying you know it it, it had more to do about races race relations race relations <laughs> and how things uh you know in every prog- movie you know pro- pro- progresses with a different theme and uh you know that's kind of off track right there but uh no you know, I, I mean i think it makes sense but i think there's something to be looked at in looking at that versus um, when it becomes something that's more of like an infection and they start talking about it as like a biological event or a scientific, you know, science gone wrong type of event, then you start to turn it into a story of being able to make it like faith versus science or just implicating science as the inevitable self-destruct mechanism that man is going to wind up unleashing on itself. And wouldn't it be hilarious if it unleashed itself in a way that seemed pretty damn biblical? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Well, that's kind of funny that you mention that Dave um, I'll go back to what I was going to say in a minute but in Fear of the Walking Dead which I know you weren't really a fan of I they have kind like of a towards the end just they to... kind of have a throwaway line that nature finds a way nature, so um, finds a way yeah basically they're saying that <laughs> Jeff Goldblum theory <laughs> kind of that it wasn't you know man made this was nature released something and that's why we got The Walking Dead, because they said they're never going to truly explain how it began. But that patient zero wasn't exactly one person. It just it was a bunch of people that it happened to at the same time. So, instead But it was of like, nature, you know, coming back and turning 
people like resurrecting. Like instead of the leftovers, instead of people disappearing, it was suddenly like two percent of the population turned into walkers all at once and just started biting each other. Pretty much. And it spread from there. But there's so, so many different. It's so funny because as you guys were talking, I just kind of googled zombie movies, and it's amazing the ones that come up because I always thought the like the pinnacle zombie movie was Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Because going back, and I think it was one of the first ones I've the ever black watched. And white original. Yes, they're coming for you, Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> and then so many shows obviously took off from that, and I even. Love- that that line is parodied in Shaun of the Dead. I was just going to say that, only in a good way. But I mean... It I'm coming was, to get you, Barbara! But it's even going back further, because you had 1932, you had White Zombie, which yeah. was... Um, oh, crap. We, we are pretty derelict in our, uh, you know, paying homage to the classics when we talk about these movies. We should probably do some, some more research, I guess, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Not to be assigning us homework, because who the hell wants to do homework? Hot Destiny's supposed to be fun out there, right, people? (laughs) But, I mean, that wasn't exactly like zombie like we think of it. That was like voodoo zombie because it happened in Haiti. It was voodoo, yeah, dead just coming back, just the dead resurrected. But they were more, I think, from a standpoint of, you know, they could become your slave at that point, you know, ask them to do things, do cooking, cleaning, because they're just, they're they're under your command and your spell. I don't think it was the true, like the later ones where they had to, you know, eat people to stay uh, right. Just to stay uh, active and mobile. It's weird because there's so many versions, like you were saying, of zombies. You have the fast ones, you have slow ones, you have that and white zombie, which is like voodoo zombie. And actually, there was some, and I cannot for the life of me find it. Some, um, I think it was even a Lifetime movie, to be honest. And it was about like a woman who was put under like a voodoo spell, and it she came back like a zombie, but it wasn't. You know, I mean, the there, dead zombies that we, we think of. So, I mean, zombies has such a big... There was an episode about it, too. I mean, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of different lores <laughs> to, to zombies beyond what we consider the popular right. go-to definition when we say the word zombie. And then, of course, we have the zombies that people just absolutely hate. The zombie movies, books, I mean... Like, which we, ones are we, we talking about there? Warm <laughs> bodies. Nation. <laughs> warm, warm bodies. A lot of people <laughs> hated that one. And I actually kind of took it for the quirky thing that it was, that it wasn't like this is supposed to be, you know, necessarily the end of the world. It's kind of a funny zombie thing. I but it w- without necessarily the, con- you know, comedy aspect. And then we have World War Z, where I haven't finished the book. I did talk to Max Brooks. Loved mm. him. He hated the the movie. He hated it. He actually, uh, last year at Comic-Con, I two stories about him really quickly. One was he had a, a person in front of me who got their World War Z uh, book signed, and he actually wrote in the book, uh, you're going to like this book a lot more than the movie, and he signed Max <laughs> Brooks. And, uh, it, it, and I want to go back to something Dave said real quickly, not to get off the subject, but he mentioned how uh, the, the line in Fear the Walking Dead was, you know, Mother Nature has a, has a uh, you know, the way... Uh, what was your quote, Dave? You said something about Mother Nature from Fear the Walking Finds Dead. Finds a way, but it was I was I was actually uh, quoting Jurassic Park. But that's um, also uh, but, a line they used in uh, World War Z too. Remember how how Brad Pitt comes al- upon the fact that you know they're the zombies or the infected are avoiding all the sick people because it wasn't yeah. going to do any good to infect them, so they were looking for the healthy people. So I think the the one 
doctor who dies uh, before he dies in the plane, spoiler alert, was uh, <laughs> telling him that, you know, Mother Nature always has to find a way to move forward, you know. Yeah. And that's uh, kind of the same line right there. It's all, yeah, it is a common theme, you know, in a lot of, and again, the, I think those are the ones, too, that are treating it more on, like, the biological level of, like, oh, this is a disease that we can come up with a cure for. It's like, well, not necessarily. I mean, eventually, Mother Nature will come up with something you can't cure. If it wants humanity gone, something will happen and humanity will be gone. And, you know, you can argue amongst all the different belief structures and systems and religions what that actually means, but it all kind of plays into the idea of the end of the world. And something that's on this scope that we see on, say, The Walking Dead or definitely the Dawn of the Dead movie, you know, both the original and the remake, it's sort of hard to deny that it feels like it's the end of the world. Now, I think 28 Days Later is interesting because, like the characters in the movie, you get the feeling like it's the entire world, but then you get, spoiler alert, <laughs> information. By the way, how many years since this movie's come out? Statute of Limitations is, I'm not going to say spoiler alert, if it's seven years older or it's, more. 28 <laughs> Days Later came out in 2003, so it's been yeah. oh, You guys are fine on, have, should have, have seen that by now. And it's on Netflix, and it's like so available, like I'm done. There's no spoiler alerts for 28 Days Later. When they find out at the end that it's just isolated, Mostly to, it was just in England, right? It was just Correct. on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's crazy because I think they did a great job of giving it the same feel as The Walking Dead, where it's the whole world. I keep, that's why I keep thinking on Walking Dead will find out that, oh, it's only half the country. You know, there's the other half of the country, although I guess Fear of the Walking Dead shatters that, uh, quick, crazy theory I just had. But whatever. It's like the idea that there could be a safe zone somewhere, you know? There's probably another non-zombie movie we should lump into this, which is uh, I Am Legend, because even though that's supposed to be a vampire movie, the movie definitely was portraying zombies. <laughs> I mean, that was that was undeniably zombies. And they were infected, too, with the yeah. supposedly mm-hmm. cure for cancer. Again, a biological. Yeah, so I think it's almost like the, uh, yeah, the, the modern telling always has to bring science into it and make it much more like... Uh, Man has a fighting chance of figuring out a way to stop this. Maybe that's a security blanket, like a subconscious security blanket built into the stories these days. I don't know. Well, I love the fact that even because the popularity of zombie movies has gotten so high, well, just zombie in general, and we joke around talking about the ZA happening all the time at work and what we're going to do, that even the CDC got in on it. <laughs> that they had... Um, like PSAs out that if you're prepared for the zombie apocalypse, you're prepared for anything. Yeah. And it was a way to try to get more people just prepared for natural disasters. I wonder Sean, if that's some. That's a great point there, and that's everything we we talk about when we have our our Monday morning talk about Walking Dead. We'll talk about you know a zombie outbreak, things to do, and I and, and I always tell people that you know this is great. California, we we can have earthquakes here. We could have a tsunami being close to the ocean. You guys could have a snowstorm where you're you know indoors for weeks at a time. I mean. Uh, change zombie apocalypse to tsunami apocalypse, uh, earthquake apocalypse, you know, uh, Hurricane Katrina apocalypse. And uh, you, you get your preparedness kit ready, your bug out bag, you get food and water stored. I mean, it, it's just a great opportunity to teach people that you've got to be prepared, you know, to be able to be on your own for, you know, one to two weeks. You know, hopefully that's all it's going to take for something to end. But, yeah, it's, when the CDC did that, it was, just, it was a great way of saying be prepared for anything out there. You know, it doesn't have to be zombies, but use that as a, as a metaphor for anything else. It's a disaster. Funny addendum to that. Um, I also met 
uh, Max Brooks with Sean at C2E2 uh, last year. And um, this is true, and I said, I told him this, too, is uh, I've given his uh, How to Survive the Zombie Apocalypse handbook, the Zombie Survival Guide, um, as Christmas presents to at least 15 people. You know, every year for the last five to six years, there's been a couple copies of that on my Amazon shopping list. And I give it to people like I gave it to a couple coworkers, and my brother-in-law gave him one with a machete. I got a really awesome <laughs> machete at um, at a flea market that we have every weekend here at the Meadowlands. Your sister and, needs to be worried. And well, I was just like, hey, listen, just in case. Though so my sister's in love with Norman Reedus. So oh, okay. Sure they would probably be like impressed that he's at least that prepared. And Max like laughed at it, you know. But I I said I'm like, you know, it's also like it's a real good survival guide, you know, and. Uh, it definitely has inspired me to have a lot of supplies on hand. I also uh, have to say when Hurricane Sandy hit on the East Coast, we, I don't, I, you know, we can't even imagine what like a, a gasoline shortage or anything like that would look like. Well, we saw when all of a sudden, I think what the storm happened over the weekend and on Monday, Tuesday, the lines at gas stations were so long, people were getting out of their cars and getting into physical altercations involving weapons, you know, bats and tire irons and shit. And this was two days in. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was like, oh, my God, that was one of the most eye-opening moments where I'm like, fuck, if the zombie apocalypse goes down, wow, wow. It's going to be just stay in and die, stay in and weigh it out, or bug out like instantly if you can get out the minute shit starts going down run 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 but i feel like by the time like to me i feel like if it happened on a saturday i would wake up so late to all the shit going on <laughs> that i'd be like fuck i gotta just stay in and wait this out I'm and stuck. i'm gonna play video games until the power goes out i'm gonna barricade the door i've got a bunch of cases of water on hand i've got a lot of supplies i'm yeah, up <laughs> yeah ramen and pasta and <laughs> canned soups and stuff it's funny we talk about it at work all the time and i'm like okay because i had this dream this is scary i've had this dream that i'm at work and one of my co-hosts jessica which um dave knows has like in my dream because we're really good friends and we work at the same place that i'm at work and she comes in and she's like get your shit we gotta go the plan is in effect I'm like, because we're at work, we don't know what's going on. And so I start screaming to shutter because I work in the, the pharmacy. The plan is in effect. We shutter everything. And and it's funny because my manager is like, okay, you got the plan. This is what we're doing. Because we talk about it all the time. He's like, this, we're going to go with that plan. I'm like, we split up the antibiotics. We split up the pain meds. I oh. use the asthma meds. We're taking the birth control. Sorry. Hit them. And I'm like. The this things is awesome. it is, oh it is. God. I'm like the things we need. I'm like hit hit the feminine hygiene aisle. Why? Because you need tampons. They were originally designed to to like go into bullet wounds. Oh my god! Uh, so, so if you're shot, so yes, go? they were originally designed for that. So you actually put it in it, so you can get somewhere to safely sew up. It's going to stop the Uh-oh. the blood blood from coming out and you like, also so need alcohol before you shove it in there or probably not right? no is probably cool no to uh although now that we sell alcohol vodka is also on the list because that can be used as an antiseptic and also uh, a bartering tool too yes People barter for alcohol and tobacco um and another very strange thing which i actually learned from watching the walking dead a couple seasons back because they had a survivalist on <laughs> you guys are gonna be like what the fuck unlubricated condoms because a they can hold up to a gallon of water 
<laughs> and B, if you have a sucking wound, you put it over it to seal it. Oh, that's great. Yes. These great. Are, and, oh. of course, then we hit and, you know, grab all the water. Not like, lubricated. Beef, beef jerky and stuff. <laughs> yes. But these are the things I think about. My pharmacist is like, all right, we are going to do this if this happens. That's and then I always have the one who's like, uh, you're going to be a meat shield. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're getting a cap to the knee because you're going down. Oh, shit. <laughs> you, She's like, we're already, we already decided you're the one we're going to trip and leave behind. Yeah, pretty so much. Like, you don't you, have to run fast. You just have to run faster than me. Or I you're going to be our Otis, you. <laughs> I just think it's funny that I'm like, I actually woke up and like, I just had a whole plan in my dream. I'm like, this is weird. And That's then awesome. That's subconscious. <laughs> We talk about it all the time, so I, I got it in my head. In the in that zombie game I'm playing on PS4, Dying Light, which God, they should really be, you know, sponsoring every show I'm on that I've mentioned it on lately. <laughs> because, damn, that thing is like taking over my life. Um, the cigarettes are one of the most valuable and one of the most commonly found items that you sell for uh, other stuff, and uh, definitely. Well, good thing they have them at my job too. Yeah, definitely. You just made me wish I was really good friends with somebody who worked at like a CVS. <laughs> it then always it always makes me say to myself like, shit, where is really the best place to be uh, when it goes down? Because things like that, like unless like you work there, you're gonna definitely be there. You're gonna have first crack at that stuff. Anybody else is kind of fucked unless they were already in the store. Because I know the day that it happens. The staff is even going to just be running the aisles. So anybody in the store is going to be just grabbing shit and running, too. But if you're not there or if you're not a two-minute walk away or, you know, right on the same block or something, you're pretty much screwed, which is part of the reason I think these days I I tend to overbuy certain staples. (laughs) And I tend to be a little more stocked up on things than I used to be. And I'm just like, well, whatever. There'll be one less thing that I have to worry about running out (laughs) running out of uh if said shit goes down, I do have to admit that I was a little nervous with all the uh, 923 conspiracy theories that were going on this year with the Pope's visit to the East Coast. So I tended to overbuy some of the canned goods and uh, dry goods and stuff. But whatever. Now I have it. <laughs> now, uh, it's just, now it's just here. Something else good, because otherwise you're probably going to die, is um, <laughs> random <laughs> oral hygiene. Grab some freaking toothpaste. And Listerine. Yes. Because that's how a lot of people died way back before, you know, <laughs> way back before. These are random things that you don't think about. I have this plan because I work in a pharmacy. I do not work at CVS, but. Oh, yeah, I, I shouldn't have name dropped. I should have just said an apothecary of the <laughs> popular national chain variety. <laughs> I will probably plan on stealing one of the apothecaries to come with us. Yeah, they're always they're doing. That. Just they can fix things out of herbs that you find. This is all very video game territory. <laughs> a bunch of herbs. Now you can make this potion, which restores all your energy. If only life were like it's that. Red Bull. Um, <laughs> can see at night. Congratulations. So, I mean, you you guys. Well, you started talking, Dave, first about like surviving, and then Andy was starting to, and I think we cut him off, and I'm really sorry, Andy. No, no, no. I I, I was going to say this could be a whole show in itself. I mean, yeah. I, this I, is the stuff Jason and I talk about. about. Well, we talked. Uh, I work for a I work for a, a retailer out here, and one of the things we carry are we carry guns and ammunition. And oh, one of the one bastard. Of the, no, but here, here's here's what I had to say about that was that was someone at work said, you know, okay, when the zombie apocalypse breaks out, we're going to go next door, we're going to take over the store, we'll have all this guns and ammo. And I said, yeah, that's a great idea, but guess what? 
are you, you plan on staying there? Like, yeah, of course. We'll be, we'll lock the gates and the doors and we'll, we'll be fine there. And I said, okay, so you know that there's guns there. So do the three million other people in Los Angeles too. They're going to be hitting the store just as fast. So you need to get something and get out right away. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Well, if you, if you didn't have a gun and you knew you could get it at a local store, why wouldn't you go there and try and steal it? And, uh, you know, but but again, talk about uh, Dave. You mentioned you know grocery stores being out. Yeah, that'll happen. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they'll be cleaned out. You'll have to go to alternative places like uh, convenience stores. I know that uh, GNCs are great places because they carry power bars and supplements and things like that. Um, over here, they uh, read a great story that said if you ever need a water filtration kit, is uh, go to a local. Um, uh, you live by a lake or a, a dock, go on someone's boat. They usually carry filtration systems. In the boats, you can take that to you know filter water out. Uh, I would have never thought of that one. You got to start thinking outside the box, like I said. Here's stores, ninety nine cent only stores, places like that 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 carry food that you wouldn't normally think so. Even yeah. you know going to a uh, uh, when you go to a uh, a gas station, sometimes they have the basics there, like ketchup, mustard, aspirin, but they they have bread and they have crackers and marshmallows and things like that there for people that are on the road to the beach or something like that. So there's lots of alternatives too. But yeah, when you mentioned earlier about. Uh, now, was this was Hurricane Sandy? You said two days in there, were, you were out of gas out there. Yeah, they um they started rationing that, <laughs> and they started cutting off like the stations had to close by certain times. The, for the first couple days, it was like I know they shut down. There was one day that we weren't supposed to be able to get gas at all, and um, yeah, it was good. Like we had all made sure we got out and like filled our tanks, but we were waiting on these long lines. I wound up driving up to upstate New York where they hadn't closed the gas stations yet because Jersey was getting scary um there were some areas that were without power too for like days and days so it was like just it was like a mini glimpse of what it could be like and i was like shit you know this is like like where i live i didn't lose power for more than a half a day so i was able to just watch tv play video games you know like relax and uh, And the world went on yeah yeah and that's like you know one of those like that's best case scenario you know that's not gonna last um i don't know it's just on the way home the other day, I had to stop and fill up at the gas station, and I believe it was a Weber's bread or like a Doritos chip truck. They pulled into the gas station to, to fill up as well. And I thought, okay, well, let's assume the people of this town don't need gas. In order to do food deliveries, the trucks are still going to need gas, and if they can't fill up, then you're really screwed because the, yeah. mm-hmm. the food will be sitting in a warehouse or a food bank out there, but if the trucks don't have gas to get out and deliver it, we're really screwed at that point. So yeah. it, it has a domino effect out there. Yeah, it would be like a choke. Yeah, like a choke point, you know, and chain reaction after that. Um, you know, the other thing to think about, and I know, like, huh, I almost feel bad saying this shit because we're not getting sponsored by any of these people. But like, <laughs> I just, I just, for the hell of it, and I think it was obviously spurred on, of course, by my fanship of Walking Dead, and I wound up buying the actual machete that Rick used in seasons two and three, the Gerber, the Gerber, uh, like, um, you know, razor uh, ridged back machete. But Gerber has a lot of items. Like they have like prepackaged survival kits, and these things are like fifteen bucks. You know what I mean? And they're good. They they have enough uh, supplies in them to survive for like three or four days out in the wilderness. So I'm like, for fifteen bucks, I would buy three or four of them. You know, like I have a bunch of them. You you know what I mean? Like I've got a couple battery operated lanterns. I've got like a compass and a fire starter kit, and all these things that like are kind of dumb. I know when I was putting them on my Amazon wish list one year for Christmas, my mom was like, what are you doing? Are you, like, going <laughs> camping or hiking or something? And I'm like, yeah, uh, if if it comes to that, when the shit goes down, whatever the shit will be, you know, if it's the zombie apocalypse or, you know, another hurricane, whatever, 
Um, I just feel like I want to have some of these things on hand because who knows if I never need them fucking great. There's something that you'll look, you'll come over and see that I have them and we'll all laugh about it. And I could like make it into a big thing. I could blog about how retarded I feel for having so many survival supplies in my place. But then if things were to go down, I mean, talk about like a bug out bag. There's a couple of those to throw in each one, you know, and it's just, uh, to me, I, you know, it's dumb, but I feel kind of better for having them around <laughs> just for having yep. some stuff on hand i've noticed that gerber does the well walking dead does use quite a bit of gerber product and i don't know if it's because of the show gerber made him or gerber had him and walking dead uses them but yeah i noticed quite a few like the little uh like the tomahawk style axe that glenn used in one of the episodes yeah There's a lot of gerber product out there i remember when they found you know like when during season two when they find that roll of oh, all yeah. those blades gerber was actually like you could buy that roll everything okay. that was in that roll in the love the ladder thing it was like a packaged uh special deal and i don't think it was that expensive it was only like maybe two hundred dollars something like that something that you're like how could you not <laughs> how could you in say a, no to that in a zombie survival guide do you know why max brooks always recommends a machete because uh, blades don't need reloading yeah, exactly you have to just need to sharpen them yep so to me but then again you know blades require you letting the target get closer so there's a trade-off and you know then there's all the theory on camping versus moving and you know fortressing up or constantly being on the move yeah but in all the movies we have learned that the sound is going to draw them to you and it's also going to drive uh, draw other survivors who may not be so friendly that's one thing Max Brooks does say in his survival guide is the one thing zombies have. I mean, their sight is normal, but their sound is excellent. They can tell, according to his book, and if you're going to use that as the uh, as the zombie Bible, uh, <laughs> they, they can they can sense. They have a great sense of uh, you know where sound is coming from, too, the, the direction and how close it is, and it's it's good sound. You know, the smell the same way. They can smell. You know, that's why they have to, Carol and uh, Rick or, and and uh, Glenn had to mask themselves of putting guts and mm-hmm. you know body parts on because they have to. Just, disguise their smell but they can detect living flesh and again that's if you're going by you know max brooks is the as the uh as the as the uh his book is the bible here on what uh what makes a zombie you know what makes him so special and different from just uh the dead yeah because basically every movie though it's it seems to be sound more than anything or some kind of movement because yeah, in even though it's it's parody-esque part of the credo trilogy Shaun of the dead Hmm. It's like when Sean wasn't doing anything when he when it first happens and he goes over to this grocery store. Like nobody, none of them are really paying attention to him because he's kind of shambling along. Well, with he's him. also hungover, so he, right. uh, he he's almost <laughs> resembling them in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? But then, like the second, you know, it, he realizes what's there, and then you know they they notice him because he's starting to act different. But then later too, when they're going to the Winchester and he's like, they're all shambling along and groaning. Oh, right. that's excellent. I love that part. <laughs> She's like, what, what, dear? Oh, oh, never mind. <laughs> but there's just so many of it, and it just makes you wonder. And I just love that it starts these conversations, too. Just like, okay, like you were saying, do you camp out? Do you stay and, like, border up? And it's really funny because, Dave, you've been to my house. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is a horrible house for a ZA. <laughs> and my why? husband's like, there's why? I'm blessed. like, we're, we're a slab. There's, yeah. The windows are low. I'm like, we have a slider. We're screwed. Well, you've been to my place. My place isn't great either because it's an apartment in a building. So, you know, it actually wouldn't be bad to camp out, I guess, if I was able to figure out a way for us to be able to, like, 
grill in here, you know, or to be able to use uh, sternos or something to cook without filling the place with fumes. But it's easy to get trapped in here. I feel like it would be okay to wait out the initial wave, but then I would have to find a way to move on and get to either some relatives or my parents' place or something. So you have... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think anybody uh, who lives, I think, in a metropolitan area is kind of screwed anyway. I mean, where I live, I mean, if you were to go... 30 miles, well, I have the ocean on one side, but you go 30 miles in any direction, there's just people there. So to get out, you'd have to get out early or, again, wait it out to the point where, you know. It's a lot of walkers. Yeah, <laughs> or, or fewer people. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, and I, being in an apartment complex, I'd be more worried about the people who just they smell food coming from your place and saying, yeah, you know, I, I see you cooking over there. You have anything you can spare for my, you know, family of 12 over here? I mean, yeah. right. I mean, luckily, I'm on, like, the fourth floor, so it would be very hard for people to get up to the windows, and you would have to be able to get into the building to get to my front door, and I would be able to barricade the shit out of that. So I do feel like I could fortify a little bit for a little while until my supplies ran out, but then it would be like, all right, now i got to fucking fight my way. So I kind of almost wonder, it would it be, and that's why I'm right now I'm on Amazon looking at different <laughs> blade weapons, <laughs> different, like, axes and stuff that are all Gerber blades. Again, Gerber, sponsor us, man. Come on. We love, <laughs> we love your stuff. You know it. Um, and it just makes me think, like, you know, I'm going to the gym. I'm, I'm doing, spe- you know, specifically the kind of... Uh, a lot of cardio and then lifting so that it would be ideal for say swinging axes or machetes you know thinking what am i going to need to have like you know what is it a waste of time to work on versus what am i going to need if i had to like fight my way through something like this you know and it's just like it probably is a crazy way to think you know but there's also like well what other reasons like it's not like the hunter gatherer days where you know your health meant whether or not you ate that night because you had to hunt your own food down and if you were out of shape you lost out you know what i mean now it's like you have to give yourself reasons to go to the gym and stay in shape and be ready for anything and i go to like zombie land a lot of the time with those quick ones like you know number oh, one the rules cardio. yes <laughs> i was actually going to say that but oh, I was trying to segue there for a long time. I get a little <laughs> rambly when I think about how much I'm letting people behind the curtain here. But whatever, fuck it. <laughs> uh, I'll be prepared. You won't be. It'll be a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's good. The rules. Cardio running. Uh, how about this? I, I trained for uh, a Reebok Spartan run one time. Nice. And the first thing the person told me was learn to jump walls. I mean, you're gonna you're going over four foot, six foot, eight foot walls a lot. So wow. being able to negotiate a, a concrete wall, being at, at six foot or eight foot one, that that takes some time and takes some effort. It's not as simple as just walking up, jumping, and pulling yourself over. Sometimes yeah, it's hardcore. a lot trickier than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so being able to not only be able to run and, or keep active, but also be able to hop over fences and walls. Like, uh, well, Shaun of the Dead, he's always uh, just knocking <laughs> them over. He doesn't tend to jump. And he just hits them hard, just knocks them over. Mm. Yeah, there's a certain <laughs> amount of just, like, killing the immediate area around you and then running and jumping and getting away. Mm-hmm. But then you have the other movies that aren't exactly zombie movies that we were talking about, where, you know, these infected are all of a sudden, like, crawling over each other to, like, form a human ladder. Well, that was definitely World War Z. Yeah, and then they're, like, just so fast that they kind of catch up to you before you can get anywhere. It's like, uh. Well, then, what about movies like Quarantine as well, you know, and... Um, that creeped me out. I mean, and there was just that, just like, spoiler alert, ends, no resolution at all. We don't know what the hell that is. But that was basically saying the zombie virus is like a human form of rabies. You know, they definitely Mm -hmm. pointed a finger at a specific, this is what it is. (laughs) No more questions. Like, this is what it is. 
Well, we've had it happen in a few movies, and of course I'm not going to be able to think of any names, where the government knew exactly what's going on. They're like, it's just very limited, this isn't happening everywhere, and they're hiding it, and quarantine is one of it. Like, they're totally hiding what's happening. Was Resident Evil kind of a version, like you're talking about? Yeah. How the government yeah. was responsible for it, but they kind of like blocked people out and put down walls and fences and said, hey, guys, fend for yourselves. We'll right. Let it burn itself out. Yeah, that was uh, one and two, and it was actually the corporation in those two. And then, of course, by the time government really realized what was happening, well, it's too late. Yeah. And they kind of mentioned that in, which I thought this was brilliant because I completely agree, in Fear of the Walking Dead, you know, when the kid realizes what's going on, and the one the woman's like, oh, no, the government, they'll tell us what's happening. He's like, really? They're mm. going to tell us the same ones that you thought were going to help us? You know, and it's kind of, I, <laughs> okay, I'll put on my tinfoil hat, because I believe yeah, that's yeah. true. They are going to, the big they, the people in charge, are going to be worried about what's happening where they are. That's true, yeah. Specifically where, you know, them and their family. Because ultimately... Like there's an Alexandria somewhere that's actually reserved right. for them, right? Is what we're saying. <laughs> I like, probably don't, think don't so. Don't be fooled. That shit exists. That was a an Illuminati admission on that whole storyline on that show. I mean, even if reading some books, like um, The Cell wasn't exactly zombie. It's kind of zombie-esque from Stephen King. Because um, they are, at one point, oh, kind that's of right. dead. Um, and then... Oh, I'm going to blank on the other... Oh, and, well... Zoo isn't about zombies, but I highly recommend that. But it is showing how the government's reacting, and they're they're you're know, not listening when people are starting to see things early. I'm pretty sure if you guys didn't get the message when they started to say, "Well, maybe we'll make Social Security kind of like your own responsibility," that's like, "Oh shit, they don't have anything <laughs> planned for us. <laughs> Nothing's coming. We're all fucked." <laughs> but, well, There's no zombie bunkers. We're done. We're done, guys. <laughs> Sean, you brought up a good point, though. I mean, people who will protect and fend for themselves, you saw it in a way uh, with Hurricane Katrina. I mean, there were police officers who did stay around and try and help out uh, New Orleans, but you heard a lot of the stories that some police officers abandoned their posts. They mm-hmm. took care of their own. They Some were even found looting and on, you know. Yeah. I think I remember seeing a, fe- uh, I think it was a female police officer was found walking out of a Walmart with, like, DVDs or something like that. So it wasn't all of them, so I'm not trying to give them all a bad name, but there were the ones that just said, you know what, forget this, man. I'll find another job, but i got to protect my family right now. They need, they need food and water, too. So And I we've seen that in fear, life. too. Fear of the Walking Dead. Yes, that's true, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, And, you know, I'm glad you brought that show up, actually. Uh I don't know if I was the only person. I I really wanted the show to do well. I wanted it to succeed, but I don't think it hit its stride until maybe the last episode. It was so frustrating to me, at least, and maybe Dave as well, that you saw the typical monster movie, you know, stereotypes in that. Like, oh, wow, you know, uh, there's a weird sound coming from this house. I think I'll go investigate, you know, Mm -hmm. but I don't Mm -hmm. think a flashlight or a gun or, you know, okay, the the government's saying stay within uh, our our perimeter, but I'm going to go out and investigate uh, what I saw, the shining light. I mean, I just... I think if this really did happen, you'd be more paranoid than anything. And when you start realizing there's police everywhere, there's army, they're telling you to stay in, there's barbed wire, the last thing you're going to want to do is investigate. You're probably going to be locked up in your house. But the mm-hmm. one the one father, for example, you know, he's going for jogs every day saying, oh, yeah, I could see the ocean from the end of my jog today. It's like the guy had no, he didn't have a clue what was going on. Or even the mm-hmm. other who saw the, uh, I think it was a principal who turned into a zombie or an infected person at the, uh, at the school, you know, mm-hmm. she couldn't put two and two together that, uh-oh, this is a lot worse than I think it is, you know. 
Yeah. That's what frustrated me See, about the show. I actually liked it because, and, and Jason and I watched it, and, and it's really hard for me to get him to sit and watch, like, a whole series of anything. Because he's like, eh, whatever, if I miss it, I miss it. It was something he was excited about because it showed, and we both talked about it, that we think that they they kind of did a lot more research in regards to how people react in major um, catastrophes. Yeah. yeah, because it is a world building that you have a few people, like the one kid, who noticed what was going on, but nobody wants to listen to him. Mm. You have the mom who seen what happened, had to deal with it, but still didn't want to share the information. You had, you know, the one guy who is actually who I thought was going to be Negan, to be honest, who was kind of locked up and trading with the the army guys. Oh, nice, yeah. And But he's manipulating people while he's inside locked up himself. So I really think, yeah, this is how people are going to react. And it showed things going quick and and during Walking Dead now I'm watching the uh was it Flight of the Walking Dead or whatever the, the in between the yeah. commercials yeah where it's just like a minute worth but again you see people how they're reacting you have people who are just scared people who are hiding what happened to them and I really think that's what would happen in that kind of major thing when government is going down fast and we've like, watched a lot of things on the History Channel when it's um, not life after people. There was actually something about how to how it would colony. go. No, I haven't watched that. It was something that about was um, cool. how things would happen if some kind of major disaster that they didn't was name. This, was this the episode where was this the show <laughs> where it was a, a family of three and the father was yes. like a first responder? I saw that too. Um, yeah, and it just so, shows like oh they gosh. go to a big box or like a Sam's Club, Costco kind of thing. And there's some people who took it over, so he's trying to trade to get something for his family. And the guys are like, well, yeah, we'll take your watch, we'll take this. And then he just takes it. And they don't let him have anything. Yes. And, like, what would happen? And I just find that really interesting because that's how I think the reality of it is. That's why because I'm buying shit now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I want to think humanity would come together, I think we would all fall apart. I think it will come together and stay together if there was a... I guess what you call maybe a, a you know a bright light at the end of the day. I mean, if, if you realized it was a pandemic, for example, and just there's no turning back, yeah, I think it's going to fall apart real fast, like a la Walking Dead. But I think if it was a, a pandemic, for example, where you have to, you know, the government tells you, okay, in 60 days this will burn itself out, everything will be okay. There will still be some humanity. You'll, you'll get the looters and the people that are going crazy. But I think uh, ultimately people will come together. Just when they see there's no uh, light at the end of the tunnel, that's when they're like, okay, all, all bets off. You know, I'm going to you know, look out for number one right now. I just feel yeah, like yeah. that would happen more often than not. I don't well, yeah, it's going to get bad first, I think, is what probably will happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be fear of the living as much as fear of the dead. And then, you know, hopefully you're one of the lucky people that finds, like, a Rick group, you know what I mean, that, like, takes you in, teaches you how to fight for yourself, and then lets you be part of this bigger thing that just seems to kick ass wherever it goes. But I think there's going to be a certain level of, like, you've got to earn some experience points on your own, and uh, part of that is, like, you know, being prepared and then, you know, doing what you need to do once everything goes down, whether you were stocked up and able to just, you know, hunker down for a little while and wait it out until it got safe to move or have been moving around from the beginning, you know, whatever. 
Um, I don't know. I, I do feel like it's going to go bad first. And I'm, I'm like not in a metropolitan area necessarily. I'm in a suburb, but it's densely populated enough that it, it could go either way. It's like a 50 50, you know? So I just feel like having a bunch of supplies and then being able to have a bug out bag and be able to make that call when the time comes is probably like an ideal solution, an ideal position to be in that I, I'm not 100% sure I'm there yet, but I feel like I'd like to be, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't have any firearms, though, and I've never used any firearms. That's, like, one area that I feel like I need to get some training in if this were, you know, a more realistic scenario. Uh, come on down. We'll train you. Sounds good. <laughs> um, got one more thing I want to say about this before we move to my next topic that I wanted to talk about. Um, this has become such a major part of our culture right now that I was watching the news the other day, and they actually, there was some school, and it I, one of the Ivy League schools did um, a list of what cities would be the worst in the event of a ZA, and Chicago's one of the bottom five. <laughs> And so is New York, I'm sure, right? I think that was the worst. Yeah, New York. Like New York every time I think I'm it was like New York and L.A. or like. Whenever I'm walking to get to my bus to commute home every day, I'm like, oh, God. This would literally be, like, if it went down right now, oh, I'm just dead. There's no way. Like, it, it would be like, that would be the amazing, I would have to be the lead character on some show because it would be a miracle for me to survive. There are just so many people, and I'm in, like, the Times Square area, so it's, like, super dense all the time. So, yeah, that would be crazy. I would have to be okay with just dumping my backpack and running, which would be like my work computer and everything. I guess at that point you're like, oh, zombie apocalypse, that's a pretty good excuse. I'm out. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Not to knock out, not to take you from your next subject, uh, Sean, but I mean, if you look at the beginning of World War Z, when I think it's in Philadelphia, where you see when everything just goes wrong and people are just running everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that yeah, that's a good example of when you have, you know, 100,000 people just running in different directions with no idea what they're doing. I mean, yeah, things just go crazy at that point. Kind of have to go with the flow and hope you just get ahead of the, ahead yeah, of the crowd. Yeah, pretty much. That's why I, I'm grateful that I'm close enough to the city to go hang out and do stuff, but far enough away that I'm not in that because I, I believe being in a densely populated city like that, you would just be screwed. Yeah. Ah, oh, the hipsters are going. Sorry, they're having me hipster zombies. Yeah, but anyway. Brooklyn, enjoy that. <laughs> Can't Uber your way out of the uh, zombie apocalypse there, guys. I'm just letting you know. So the next question. And Super zombie Uber. <laughs> oh, God, that's going to be the next movie. Start writing it. <laughs> it's in the zeitgeist. It's already been written now. Like, literally, by the time we finish this recording, it's like the script pending. is being pitched. <laughs> the script is being pitched. Um, And you don't see it often in ZA flicks, but um, pets and babies. Oh, wow. We're going there. Yeah. Well, they get touched on. Um, well, actually, one movie had both of those. We had in uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake, we had yep. the one dog that tries oh, to rescue the, the, the uh, guy in the gun shop, and then we had the, turns out, the, one of the uh, women that was uh, in the mall was pregnant, and she gave birth to a zombie baby. Um, Walking Dead obviously has Judith too, but yeah, you're right. There's not a whole yeah. lot of pets. There. I think the pets probably get eaten at some point, you know, for survival. In well, Walking Dead, animals definitely get eaten by uh, Walker. Turtle. We've definitely seen that. We've never seen any animals turn as a result, though. No, that was actually you don't see that often, 
because I think most of the zombie movies that are out talk about how it doesn't jump species. With the exception of 28 Days Later, which we're saying isn't a true zombie flick. But that was Jumping Species. Oh, wait. Oh, and uh, I Am Legend, too, had uh, uh, the, I had can't the killer talk dogs. About that the dog, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the film either, but it did have uh, it did have the dogs that uh, oh, attacked no. Will Smith and his dog. Just time. the moment. I can't in, talk about In 28 Days Later, was it, though, which, what were the, was it the crows? Yeah, the crows. Oh, no, the crows no, were the crows, eating infected. They were eating an infected person, and uh, Brendan like, Gleeson oh, looks up in the top of the that's what it was. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, we don't see it cross species though in anything. And do you think that they're doing it because basically most people are animal lovers? Hmm. Well, I know in uh in the Donna did remake, the dog they let it loose in the crowd of pe- crowd of infected, and it no, they weren't even concerned with it. So they, I think they were only more or less looking for a looking for something to 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 kill and eat. But I I guess uh, they only well, like human. I they think like humans. I guess. Because you're right. Well, they did in Walking Dead. Remember, they ate Rick's horse in uh, episode one or well, that's two. That's what I'm saying. That's true. Walking Dead, I think, is the first one where we've actually seen the walkers turn on animals and eat them. Right. Um, in Dawn of the Dead, they sort of made it a specific point that they were ignoring animals, uh, and that was how that whole final act was kicked off with the dog trying to bring the supplies over to Andy in the gun shop. Um, <laughs> look at that little... Uh, Oh, sorry. I thought your name was Andy for a second. That's what happens. <laughs> and um, anyway, um, I, I kind of feel like they might be trying to leave a back door open to eventually using like an animal antibody to create some kind of cure. At least in the uh, the ones that are more like outbreak and viral based, which I okay. think we've seen enough of Walking Dead. Uh, enough evidence on Walking Dead that they do have sort of both elements going on, like trying to go for the more true zombie element with having them be shambly and slow, but also having it be treated like a virus that every... See, what they don't... Uh, the whole problem there is that everybody's already got it. They have to explain how that happened, how everybody's already infected, and that no matter how you die, you're going to come back as a walker. And this is, I guess, a Walking Dead-specific problem. Um, unless that eventually becomes part of how they handle Like, I haven't seen the later Romero films like Land of the Dead or Diary of the Dead or, or any of these sort of later 2000, early 2000 zombie movies. Have you guys, are, are we including uh, any of those? I've seen Land of the Dead. I've seen Land of the Dead, too. Was that the one with Dennis Hopper in the mall yes. or, the, or the big no, tower? The tower. The big tower, yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that... bits and pieces of that. John Leguizamo was yeah. in it, too. And Simon that, Baker, I think, is in it, too. Totally kind of off-topic, but that's like showing them coming back. Like, kind of getting smarter and realizing, you know, they don't have to continually be stuck in their loop of what they did before they died. Like, they had um, Big Papa, who was uh, like a gas station attendant, and he was the first one of them in that particular movie who started realizing, wait, I don't have to stay here wait, I can move and go after I don't have to be looking at the bright lights because they were using fireworks to distract them. And that's kind of scary thinking, okay, wait, these zombies aren't just brain dead. They're not just going to come after and shamble or do whatever. They're going to actually start learning, oh, and I don't have to breathe so I can walk underwater. Well, that was sort of... 
<laughs> oh, go ahead. No, it was just like, shit, shit. I'm well, that not was from safe. Day of the Dead, too. The Day of the Dead, the uh, one professor, the doctor, the, the mad scientist, where they called him, the Dr. Frankenstein or something they called him, he was able to figure out that the dead did have some memory to what they did before because they gave the, uh, the razor and I think the toothbrush to uh, one of the zombies and he was pretending to shave and brush his teeth. So they, he was able to show that okay, these mm-hmm. people do have some bit of memory to their, to their, uh, their pre-dead days. So maybe that was a precursor to, yeah, what can happen in the future. They can't be trained. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Or that they'll evolve to sort of become uh, cognizant again and not just mindless zombies. <laughs> oh, they're still killing you, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was also that aspect to warm bodies, which is what I found yeah. very sort of disturbing. And I only saw the very beginning of that movie, and I've only seen that once. And <laughs> after this, I couldn't I, – I still haven't been able to bring myself to watch it again, but <laughs> – when they talk, when he was talking about eating a brain, and he's like, "That's the best part. That's when you get memories." I was like, "Oh my god!" Like for some reason, that felt like such a violation to me. Of like, holy shit! Like this guy's living through the memories of the person he's eating. Like you didn't earn those memories. Those aren't yours. You son of a bitch! I was so emotionally uh, re- revolted by that that I actually had like a could not finish the i just turned it off and switched to something else on tv it was an interesting idea but for some reason and it could have been the state of mind i was in because of things that were going on in my life at the time but i I don't know it just really freaked me out i was like whoa okay one more quick thing with the animals we'll come back to that um resident evil when you have resident evil has uh, the dobermans right yes the zombie dobermans and and birds in, I think it was yeah. Well, in the first, well, in the first or... game, you had the the crows, and then just in the movies, yeah, it progressed, and you had the God. I think you had something else too. I know the one that had um, I don't know. It wasn't Aaliyah, but it was one of those pop star uh, hip hop artists at the time when the fourth one, the one in the desert. Uh, what was that? Oh, uh, Afterlife. Ashante was in Ashante. Not the one who died. That was Aaliyah, right? Yeah. Um, what's it called? And that was, yeah. So there's a part where they have all these crows, like, literally tear her apart, like, just come flying down at her and peck her to pieces. So they were kind of zombie crows in that. But are Resident Evil considered? There, we're we're start talking about those as non zombie movies, right? Or. Um, well, it was an infection. Infection, and then they just yeah mutations monsters. Although they, they were dead and they were slow, but some of them were monsters. So I guess it's kind of a crossbreed. Yeah, in the video game, game, it was like no holds barred. Like right. all of a sudden, you'd be like, "Oh, this is a giant moth I'm fighting. That's great, <laughs> giant moth." Where did that pterodactyl come from? Um, Holy shit! Just but, as an aside, I turned around and the Exorcist is suddenly on my TV. So. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a sign of we're talking about the undead and the dead now. Um, so yeah, I and I sit here and I look at my dog and I'm like, in the event of a ZA, you have to choose when you have pets. Are you taking them with you or just letting them free or putting them down? And it's kind of frightening. And then. Because I, she's my baby. And then going back way to the beginning that we kind of totally gleaned over, actually babies. I think a lot of them avoid it altogether because it's such a touchy subject that I think a lot of people would freak out if you see, like, which one was it, Dawn of the Dead, that you were saying, Andy, that had the yeah. zombie baby? Yeah, to, to the remake. Dawn I, of the Dead. that freaked me out, like, to know it. And 
and not a zombie movie, but uh, AVP, when the alien goes into the maternity ward and gets the pregnant woman, I was horrified. So, I mean, what do you guys think with baby? I mean, obviously a baby is not the best thing. It's like zombie bait in a ZA. Well, it's, yeah, and we've seen Walking Dead deal with that an awful lot with Judith. Um, well, see, and then reading it in the book is the way they dealt with it is something completely different, a whole different way. It makes me wonder why more movies haven't touched on anything like that. Or do you, you figure... Right. It could be a touchy subject. I mean, it's, you're right, in a real, you know, ZA, you know, yeah, they're they're going to be loud. They're going to make noise. you got to worry about what they can eat, you know, diapers. I mean, just basic things like that. I mean, I think it just it makes it too difficult. I mean... Let's also talk about the fact that if you're pregnant when the ZA goes down, just now the sudden shortage of food and the ability to rest, like surviving a pregnancy is going to become very difficult as well. And the conditions in which they have to survive it mm-hmm. is not going to be ideal for the healthy gestation of the child before it's born anyway. So I think it's something that like hopefully people are trying to avoid have happen in the first place. But if it does happen, it, it is sort of like that could also be story-wise, um, you know, plot convention-wise, it could be an easy way to just get rid of some characters right away. Like, oh, they had the baby, it started screaming, and the horde just enveloped them. And, oh, my God, as long as we don't have to watch a baby being ripped apart, I think is part of the problem. And I think the only movie that's ever really dealt with something like that is Bram Stoker's Dracula when he, like, feeds an infant to the oh, God, three sirens. That. And, like, we literally see them start biting it and it stops crying. I mean, that's like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Yeah, even the books the zom- that I've read, they don't, they don't really mention. Like, I guess we just assume that the people, who, the women who were pregnant and anybody who was taking care of a child was was taken by the horde because they were trying to save the child. So. As we may see on the next episode of Walking Dead. <laughs> okay. So I guess we'll move past this because I probably have people cringing right now. Like, oh, don't talk about babies being eaten. And I'm over here like, my poor puppy. Well, um, at the same time, though, like when the ba- the zombie baby in um, Dawn of the Dead happens... I don't think anybody has a problem with uh, them killing that baby. You know, like when you see it and you're just like, oh, God, kill it. Like, that's your first thought. You're like, oh, kill that thing. Definitely. So Uh, I don't know. It's it's it is. It's an interesting area, a gray area. I do have to agree, even though I'm the one who brought that up. (laughs) It's weird. Um, Okay, Andy mentioned his favorite zombie movie, which was Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Correct. So please explain why that's your favorite. Um, I think it was uh, the, the progression of uh, zombie films. Uh, I remember seeing it was probably a year, bef- year or two before I saw Dawn of the Dead, uh, Night of the Living Dead, and I remember seeing it. It was like playing on you know Halloween night, uh, probably you know thirteen, fourteen years old, and just being freaked out over the fact that because I'd never seen anything like that before. And uh, I remember I was a paper boy at the time. We still had those back then. I remember the next the next morning I watched it like on a Friday night, and Saturday morning had my morning deliveries, and I'm like riding my bike through this neighborhood, and it's like five in the morning, and just there's nothing out there, and I, I was just I remember just being freaked out, like oh my gosh, you know, something's gonna come out at me, or am I the last person? It just had that weird <laughs> feeling to it. Then a few years later, seeing Dawn of the Dead, uh, just seeing where you know 
I'm a little bit older and I'm thinking, okay, well, uh, as, as a kid, you're thinking, okay, I'm the last person. I don't have my parents. How do I survive something like this? And it was just neat to see four people in a mall just on their own, like what can they do to survive? They have everything at their disposal there. They have tools. They have a car. They have guns. It's like, it's like the ultimate kid's fantasy right there, like playing out in the, you know, playing mm-hmm. army as a kid or something like that. And I, I just enjoyed it from that standpoint. And uh, again, uh, it was, it's funny, you know, bring up Max Brooks again. Uh, met him when I met him at Comic Con. Uh, asked him, you know, what's your favorite film? I know you get it asked a lot, but what's your favorite film? And literally, he just he looked at me and said, "Oh, the original Dawn of the Dead." He goes, uh, and I don't forget, he said, "It's perfect in every way. You you can't improve on that film." And I said, "Really?" He goes, oh, "There's just what can you say? You know, what what more could I could someone do to that film? You know, back when it came out, now it still it still holds up." So he wrote in my book, you know, Andy C with the Monroeville Mall, you know, Max Brooks. And, <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, I just I just enjoyed the standpoint from a survival aspect. You know, you have a helicopter pilot, so there's your escape right there. You know, the SWAT guys with guns, you know, mm-hmm. your ball. You know, it's just one of those fantasies, like being released in a, uh, you know, a kid in a candy store, kid in a toy store, do whatever you want to, because there's no one to tell you no at that point. And that's what I think what I liked about it. And just it was a survival aspect of it, knowing that, well, you never know if they really made it out at the end. You know, they take off, they're low on fuel, but you got to hope they do. You know, each time, the first the first one, for example, um, you know, the person makes it to the end, he ends up getting killed. The second one, they end up leaving the mall, but you don't know what happens. The third one, Day of the Dead, three of them escape, and they end up on an island somewhere. So you just hope there's, you know, you just you feel more positive each time right there. You think there's a better out, you know, a better outcome to what they're in. Dave, do you have a favorite? Yeah, and I'm trying to. It's it's sort of like a toss up. I I really loved the two, the remake of uh, Dawn of the Dead. Was it 2003 or 2004? I think it was 2004. 2004. And and I do want to preface. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I mean, I was such a fan. I mean, I took the day off of work to see Dawn of the Dead, the remake. I mean, I was at the first showing like on Friday morning. I mean, it, I I was looking forward to this thing. I, I mean, I was think I was streaming the trailer every day i mean i was such a i was so hyped up on i still like it and it's a great film to this day it's just not my favorite when you compare it to the original one right there so i do want to say that i, I love the film it's a great film it's a great film it's, it stands up and it just it, it was a, it was a worthy remake and uh, it just i just oh, like the man. original more so sorry about that that does not bother me at all man <laughs> <laughs> it's all good but i i do it was like between that and 28 days later actually and i think that's more just because I never, you know, before those films kind of opened my eyes to the genre, I wasn't, like, the hugest fan of zombie movies. I, I actually was not a, I, you know, I had friends who loved Dawn of the Dead, the original, and, and had shown it to me, and, and I kind of felt like at times I sat through it just because I was like, everybody wants to watch it, so what am I going to do? And I, I enjoyed it, but I just was like, eh, you know, the slow zombies. I enjoyed the fast zombies. I liked that uh, aspect of it. And I think it was also because... I at the time had been really um, getting more into, you know, getting a job in my field. I now work in production, so it was sort of like the uh, 28 days later, the fact that they filmed that all with digital video, and it was a different style of filming where a lot of the actors talk about how, um, you know, the, the cameras are much smaller and were able to kind of be closer and hide from each other more. So they had like three or four cameras rolling at once. And a lot of the time actors didn't know if they were in close up or what the shot really looked like. So they were just living the moments of that film as they were, sh- as it was being filmed. And it was kind of more of a uh, theatrical style of, produ- of producing the piece. So um, between that and the idea of 
I like the idea of a character waking up from a coma in a hospital, having just been sort of left behind on life support, and somehow that worked. That <laughs> kept him alive for 28 days or, you know, whatever. And, and that when he comes to, it's like, oh, shit, the whole world, like, you know, went to hell. And, and I do remember when Walking Dead first started, like, part of me had the criticism of, like, well, I fucking saw this already. <laughs> you know, this is, this is 28 days later. But, um, you know, now they're very, very starkly different uh, shows. And, and I, you know, I just, I liked, I think there's a part in 28 Days Later where it does sort of turn. And then maybe I don't like the last third or quarter of it as much as I like the first two thirds. But uh, I, I thought it was a good modern capturing of sort of the zombie genre and, me, and presented it in a way that I finally felt like I was like, all right, I can dig this. Well, I, um, you guys are going to be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Because I really liked, of all the cheesy-ass zombie movies that I've seen, Army of Darkness. Oh, nice. We didn't even talk about that as a zombie but, movie. But I think it was because it had so much humor in it. And it wasn't... And and that, as a uh, zombie movie, it was more of... It was from the Necronomicon, so it's demonic. It wasn't just some plague or it wasn't, you know, science or anything and um good ash and bad ash. I can't help mm -hmm. it. And then of course watching now Ash vs. the Evil Dead, it's actually it, I find it amusing. But if I want to just be completely freaked out, yeah, watching just any of the older zombie movies. And of course everything in the eighties was super cheesy, but like reanimator and everything, but somehow it like, oh my freaked God. me out. <laughs> Animator. I didn't see that. These are movies that don't come to mind when we say zombies. <laughs> you know, I don't know why they don't, but they yeah, don't. I'm going way back, way back. And then, oh god, what was the one with the girl? Was it Night of the Living Dead Four? I think with the well, then there was like the Night of the Dead, like that series, and that was the one with the girl from Superman two or three. The girl, one of the people in black from Krypton. I don't remember where she has to put like. Um, Needles Glass or and everything into her to stop from basically being wanting being to like eat her boyfriend, which that didn't make any sense. And I, I remember we had the words. comedies too, the Return of the Living Dead. Those came out in I think the uh, 80s, and there was a more like the comedic version. There's Return of the Living Dead, I think one and two, and uh, it was the one with the punk rockers go party at the cemetery and they release the gas in the cans and yes. you know, brings the. Brings the, the, the brings the uh the corpses from the coffins you know they dig their way out of the ground but those more from a comedy standpoint oh i'm sorry return of the living dead 3 is the one i was thinking of with the girl who had to basically like cut herself up so she didn't eat her boyfriend but it's not free yeah i don't know why <laughs> but i mean and, and i still like the original resident evil and even the second one for newer mm. just because well, I like. I thought one. it. I thought it was something complete. The first one I really like. Yeah. Completely different, and it was. I thought it was a good transition from video game to screen. Yeah, I like the translation from the video game, and I think I mean there's also probably the rise in zombie video games that made the movie genre a little bit more mainstream as well. And Resident Evil might be solely responsible for that. You know what I mean? It it all started back in that first game, you know, with the mansion. And I think that was what the first movie felt like when, shit, I was a senior in college when that came out. And I remember going to the movies to see it, and my friend and I who saw it were like, dude, we got to go back and play that video game right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's go pop Resident Evil 1 in right now. 
Then we have the opposite end of the spectrum, the stuff that was just so bad. You're like, why? It's newer versions of B-movies, basically. We have, like, um, <sighs> Dead Snow, which is Nazi zombies. Mm. Uh, Dead yeah. Snow. Dead Where'd... Snow. Are these Cockney, on Netflix? Or... <laughs> uh, I don't know if that is anymore. Um, <laughs> here's one I never heard of, though, Cockney versus Zombies. You have zombie strippers. You have... I've heard I mean, that one. I haven't watched uh, it yet, though. I've been wanting to, but I just can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> Night of the Comet, which scared the hell out of me, too, but that's not really a zombie movie. So it's like there's just so many different ones, and it's really hard to really wrap my mind around... Dead Alive, even. Oh, God. Oh, Dead Alive was awesome. Oh, my just God. All of these movies, and I just, bottom I line, I love I love the whole genre, basically. That movie was banned in a couple countries, I think, at, the, at least at the time that I saw it, when I rented it way back in the day. Um, Dead Alive was, like, banned in several countries outside really? the U.S. because it was so gory. The, the whole lawnmower. <laughs> the lawnmower at the end is... Ugh brilliant uh, i think it's also the entrails trying to catch up to the guy that was pretty <laughs> pretty intense too yeah. talking about the peter jackson directed dead alive yeah yeah okay. have you seen it i have i know what you're talking about but no i haven't, haven't oh seen it. dude you have to see that you have <laughs> to see that so i remember the original movie poster with a zombie in the girl's mouth, mouth. Yes. yeah oh my god <laughs> What was it, the monkey rat, the rat monkey from New Zealand or whatever that started the whole thing? Oh, God, I don't know. Yeah, it was a rat monkey. That's crazy. Oh, oh my God. It's so gross. (laughs) That movie is so... I'm, like, getting nauseous thinking about it. (laughs) Peter Jackson is insane. Like, outside of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbits, he's a friggin' maniac. Well, bottom line, I think we all like zombie movies, and it's helped us in some way or another, and it will always keep the conversations (laughs) going. Yeah, anyone who listens who knows where I live is like, holy shit, going to Dave's when this goes down. <laughs> so, all right, guys, we're going to wrap this up because this is something that we can probably go on and on and on, <laughs> which we might do this again then. Talk about the best, cheesiest zombie movies. So, final thoughts, Andy. Um, Boy, uh, how about I listen to you guys first and then since the first time I'll... Uh... <laughs> I'll see yes. what you guys say, and then I'll, right. I'll chime in afterwards. Dave, go we, ahead. We're doing like a Jerry Springer style yes, final dude, thoughts. Final thoughts on is? zombie movies. When it comes to society, <laughs> I think there's a, a common theme that we're all afraid of what death has in store for us. Whether it's the breakdown of society or a natural disaster, we all want to be prepared. And it's the, through watching movies about zombies that maybe some of us find ways that we can do that and give ourselves a little bit of comfort. So when you're watching a zombie movie, before you dismiss it as, oh, this is ridiculous, take note of what some of the characters are doing that you might be able to do to improve your chances of surviving a zombie the apocalypse i'm dave the clone and that's my final moment <laughs> wow i gotta just drop the mic now i can't even follow that so i, I can't that either was awesome. that was awesome i think you're right though i think we all watch these films and we'll sit back and we'll say i would have done this i would have done that why didn't they do this do it this way so yeah it's definitely a way you can improve things and at least gets it gets a uh, a dialogue going too when someone tells you yeah i got the best plan i'll go to a gun store well yeah well you meant to fight off 500 of the people that are outside the door as well so it gets good dialogue going too and maybe you end up saving someone's life down the road Ooh, that's very good and then i just think the horror genre makes you think about everything that 
they're doing wrong. <laughs> and, yeah, it just keeps the conversation open. It makes you think about what you're going to do. And still, it does kind of keep me up at night about what am I going to do with my dog if the ZA happens? <laughs> She's my baby. So we want to hear your thoughts. So I want to know what everybody else thinks about zombie movies, zombie survival, and what zombie we should talk about next. So you can give us a holler over at fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can hit the new website at fangirlzone.com. Uh, Facebook page is fangirlzone. Uh, pretty much on everything. Although if you head over to the website, you'll have all the Instagram and Twitter and all the feeds so you can send us messages. Because I think this is something a lot of people talk about. So... Thank you guys for joining me. I appreciate it, Andy and Dave. And Andy, of course, I appreciate you uh, brainstorming this this one and actually saying it out loud since I've sat on my couch saying, we should totally talk about that. Well, thank you for having me on. I really had a great time. Dave, thank you yep. for all the insights into the insanity that is, you know, the East Coast, too. <laughs> She's like, this is the last time I come to New York Comic Con, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> No kidding. I think I'm going to make sure I'm never trapped out there. <laughs> it's going to be fun when the ZA hits. But no, thank you for inviting me. It was a lot of fun. And uh, as soon as you told me the topic, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a blast. I can't wait to do further volumes of this. We can um, have different aspects of the conversation prepared, though. Uh, thank you for giving me a little bit of a soapbox to get rambly on. All right, guys. Thank you again. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And until next time. <laughs>